morning, everyone. Um, it's lovely to see this way. I have it all set up today here. Um, clean the room. <laughs> have the altar in front of me. Put the globe here to um, feel the energy of where we live, right? With the earth. Um, my family is down, downstairs supporting me to be quiet <laughs> so I can concentrate and settle with the talk. Um, and I'm just looking at all these faces in front of me today. Thank you. Thank you for practicing with me. Um, just looking at the names as well. It's really amazing um, for me amazing encouragement to um, practice in this way with you this minute it's really actually hard for me to come forward this way this whole week I was struggling um, and especially with this climate right a pandemic it feels as if our um, deepest karma come to the surface for all of us, I feel. Hindrances, you know? They don't go away. <laughs> They're here with us. They're here each moment. Um, and I um, feel like this is a wake-up call, right? This pandemic. It's kind of like a forced wake-up call for a lot of people in this world um, beyond borders of countries. For Buddhists, this is what we're waiting for actually, right? This is our practice. Um, our practice is to uh, work with our karma. Um, this climate of pandemic um, really is a prime time, right? Because it's like the Han um, great is a matter of life and death great is a matter of life and death this is so in front of us, right? all these losses iniquities Life is fleeting, so the impermanence is so palpable here. As Buddhists, this is something that we always see on the Han, right? So we're kind of like, okay, you know, yes, I practice with this.
Was it gone, gone, awake, awake? Awake, awake, gone, gone? No, gone, gone, awake, awake. Do not waste this life. So this is something that we forget. Even though we have Han that's reminding us when we enter Zendo, maybe, maybe it's a good thing we, we can have a Han at our home. <laughs> And um, it's a tough time because what this time is calling forth for collectively for human beings and for Buddhists even more, um, this urgency, I mean, for me at least, feels so, this underlying sense of complete out of controlness. Right? You know, they are talk about opening this um, social distancing little by little. Uh, we have no idea actually how this is going to look like. Who knows? I mean, are we really facing this as it is? You know, I think that at least for me, I go back and forth between different predictions. And this is where I go, escape. Um, we want to know what's going to happen. So we're really pushed to the edge. And this is a reality of our life. Because life is impermanent. And there is a metaphor in Zen practice uh, for this condition. And it is... Um, being put in a bamboo tube. Nowhere to go, right? The snake, right? Snake, snake goes into the bamboo tube. Um, we're squeezed, really squeezed. And when we are squeezed, undeniably, right? Because this is so um, out there and in here now out there in here, everywhere. The hindrances, which basically means where we're stuck in our practice, right? We have, um, everybody has different karmas, unique karmas. Um, we, we don't like karma so much because <laughs> it gives us so much pain, you know, so much suffering. These pain and suffering come full at force, really full at force, if you're practicing. So how do we practice when things are so difficult? How do we do that? So I'll start with the good news. Um, so uh, I guess I was talking with Ian the other day about Pema, Pema children, right? Um, she seems to be called forth because things are falling apart everywhere in the world. 
when things fall apart. I grabbed this book. And I love her sense of humor. And um, what does she say? She said, um, let me see, I wrote it down somewhere. Oh, yes. The next time there's no ground to stand on, don't consider it as obstacle. Consider it as a remarkable stroke of luck. That's pretty promising, isn't it? So this is a, a prime time. Prime time. And what's our practice again? So um, this is what we all wonder, right? How do we practice? You know, when the karma is so relentless. So, um, I thought, um, go back to the basics. Four Noble Truth. Recognize that there is suffering. Life is suffering. And really be close, come close to that. Right? So there's a power. Well, more like intimacy in coming close to our suffering. And recognize, you know, what kind of hindrance are here for you? It's kind of what we do, right, already. If a lot of us are doing RAIN um, and mindfulness practice, and same thing, where, um, where you suffer, you look at this very carefully. The five hindrances are very helpful. So today I, I was thinking, you know, this is a really prime time when the hindrances come up. So this is a time to really recognize these five hindrances for all of us. First one is desire. Second one is aversion. The third one is um, torpor um, and also what's the other word um, torpor and sloth when right? sloth and the fourth one is restlessness and worry the fifth one is doubt so see, feel out right now for a moment what hindrances are here for you, right? Because everybody has tendencies for certain hindrances. Actually, we all, these hindrances come up for all of us. But particularly, you know, to really um, feel into what's arising at this moment, right? What's the frequent hindrance for you, for us? This can be very helpful um, for me. Um, 
in preparing for this talk, especially the, the self-doubt is the huge one for me. But to just come close to that and to um, really acknowledge and really inquire, be curious, what's here for me at this moment? Being mindful of that. And um, so there's a second noble truth. The second noble truth is there is cause to suffering. This is where we are really starting to practice after recognition. After you inquire into the, the feeling of the energy of hindrances, particular hindrances that are coming up, start to investigate what is the cause of it. Basically, what it's pointing out to is how the self, our self, the sense of separation works. So we are starting to inquire into how that works for us. And this is how Suzuki Roshi says, really look at how the bread is made in the oven. So think of hindrances, for me, I'm thinking of hindrances as bread, loaf of bread. And how is it, how does it come about, right? The process of it, the whole process of it. How does it arise, right? And how does it um, stay? How does that feel in your body when it stays? What kinds of stories are here for us in our minds? What are the sensations in our body? This is a rain, rain practice. Um, for people who don't know rain, please um, search it. It's a really good practice. It's a whole um, mindful practice. And, um, right, so, and then as it rises, the hindrances rise and stay and stay and stay and stay and stay, right? It stays forever, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. <laughs> We're like, I can't do this anymore. It's too much. <laughs> we want to go somewhere, you know, right away. Or like some of us just get really indulgent with this hindrance. It just becomes a norm, the state of suffering. You know, so you kind of just um, attach to it so much. But keep staying, right? And keep staying. And when, when you feel, so this is a good place, you know, am I separating myself from this hindrance? You know, am I trying to move away from it, this right now? Or am I trying to grasp it, to touch it, they say in one of the sutras. So really see, just really stay in that place to an inquire. You know, what does this feel like? Just stay, stay, and stay. And really in that place of staying, the, the faith comes up. In that moment of staying, 
is a practice of faith. Just being patient with that moment. Moment after moment after moment after moment. And then, perhaps, something comes up and your heart, something in you, or something, feels that, oh, you know, I think I am too indulgent right now. You know? Or maybe, oh, yes, I am running, trying to run away right now. I can kind of feel this. So you can really feel into the... Um, and you're really intimate in that moment. You, you are meeting the hindrance face on, heart to heart. No separation. And then, um, and then the hindrance um, may fall away or may not. And. If it does, and it visually it does, you know, the miraculousness of these pain is that you can count, even you can note if the, the anger is here, for example, you can note anger, 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 anger. You can do this like hundred times. And then at some point, something shifts or not. And it drops away. And the, notice that moment. Recognize that the transition. So in um, Satipatthana, the mindfulness um, uh, foundations of mindfulness, um, it's um, a sutra that was passed on by Buddha. Um, I've been looking at this book called um, Mindfulness by Joseph um, Goldstein. I think this is pretty hopeful. Shokuchi is actually teaching uh, a class on four foundations of mindfulness. And there is um, a passage, um, well actually, in the mindfulness of, of um, four foundations of mindfulness, one of the foundations of mindfulness is to be mindful of Dharma, which is the teaching. Buddha's teaching. And in uh, the first teaching uh, that um, uh, comes up to look at is the, the mindfulness of hindrances. And in um, the mindfulness of hindrances in Satipatthana, there is an instruction to really um, clearly be intimate with the arising of the hindrance and um, falling away of hindrance and also examine and investigate the conditions of how these things arise and conditions of how these things get uh, are removed and to further uh, examine on um, future uh, um, non arising how do you make, uh, not make, but how does that happen um, that the future arising of hindrances are removed? So really contemplate on these things. And really come 
keep coming in inward with this practice. Really draw your uh, senses um, and attention in, right? This way, this way. The, the head is turning this way, right? this way, this way. And really, um, this is what I, I um, feel moved to share is this sense of um, not holding back in this practice, not holding back. So um, when you do this practice, bring, bring it on everything, right? Bring on all you've got into this. Collect all you can here. This is a matter of life and death. So, um, really, in this, this withdrawing, and gathering, and caring, and, and paying attention, concentrating, uh, being close with your own heart and mind. Um, this is kind of like... Um, I wouldn't say a vow, but it's it's um it's kind of like a vow, you know. I vow, I vow, I vow. Um, a lot of us know this chant that we do before um, we take precepts or um, before the morning ceremony at Zen Center. Um, all my ancient twisted karma um, from this life on. No, no, that's that's a uh, Dogen's. <laughs> all my ancient twisted karma. Um, what was that? Uh, yeah. And the delusion going um, through body and mind. I now fully uh, right. So that whole recognizing of the karma, right? All my ancient twisted karma. Um, and we're um, avowing it, right? In recognizing it, we're making repentance, avowing it, just like we say in this. Um, Ehe koso fotsugammo, right? By um, repenting it, right? By revealing, disclosing our lack of faith, acknowledging that we are, we, uh, we are disclosing our lack of faith, we melt away the root of transgressions by the power of our repentance. So that part is just... Um, it is like a, it is like a, a vow, you know, coming close here and recognizing and feeling this. So that's what we do in the a second noble truth. Um, examine the cause of suffering. And then the third is um, um, 
to examine, right, that there is a cessation to suffering. Um, this moment is a gift. The hindrance is a gift. Hindrance is a teaching. Hindrance is a teacher. Don't forget that. You know, when hindrances are um, come up from forth, course, um, remember that this is uh, a Dharma game. This is a prime Dharma game. And keep coming back. Keep coming back. And um, vows, right? Vows. I talked a little bit about vows. Practice vows. Vows are great encouragement. Uh, the four bodhisattva vows that I would will do together at the very end of this um, talk is also a great one. Practice that, and when you when you make a vow, collect everything you've got. Do it with all your body. Drop down into the body and and give all you got, and bring it really close to your heart and mind. And the treasure box would open up. The gift will unravel itself for all of us. Minute after moment after moment after moment. And if it doesn't, keep practicing. Keep practicing. Come back. Keep practice again. Keep practice again. I guess I'll share with you this image of um, host within a host, just as an encouragement for continuous practice, continuous practice, like um, eating a noodle that doesn't end. Uh, that's a metaphor that I think Suzuki Roshi used probably, I, I read in one of the books. But the practice is like that. It, you, you know, suck the noodles, right? And it keep, you, keep, you keep sucking it. There's no end to it. And we do get discouraged because we want to have that end. You know, we want to get it, you know. We want to know it. We want to attain it, right? Um, so so um, just as encouragement, I want to... Um, share the host within the host um, passage and this is from Jewel Mira Samadhi um, by Yokai the last um, passage or sentences in this sutra goes like this Practice secretly, working within, as though a fool, like an idiot. And, and this fool and idiot has been something that's been coming up in the Zen Center, like, is this, does this feel wholesome in this context, in this cultural context? Um, as though a fool, like an idiot, if you can achieve continuity, this is called the host within 
the host. Host within the host. And um, just want to share some of the um, Japanese characters that are used in, in this um, translation. So, um, practice secretly, working within. We have these four Chinese characters. One of them means um, secretly. The other one means um, practice. The third one, uh, it's called Mitsu. And some of you might know uh, Men Mitsu. Uh, men Mitsu, um, uh, the style of our family style in Soto Zen is Men Mitsu family style. And memitsu basically means uh, intimate, like a, a fabric, like a cotton fabric, how it's inter interweaved. And uh, I mean, you, you can um, uh, feel it in terms of being intimate with you, your whole being, right, to your heart, to what's arising right now, to the, the relationship in Sangha as well, right? How do you, how do you be intimate with each other? This is very important for a practice to be intimate with each other. Um, in the family practice, this is unavoidable right now. When we meet so intimately because we're squeezed in together, the hindrances pop up everywhere. And this is how we become intimate with ourselves and each other. So in Sangha, you do need a mirror. You do need to come close to each other, to keep revealing ourselves, to meet um, authentically, and to have courage in the heartbreak. I kind of went on there. <laughs> so mitsu um, basically means very intimate. And then last um, character, yo, um, means to apply. So these four uh, letters basically means uh, secretly practicing, applying intim intimacy, applying the practice of intimacy. And I also wanted to point to this letter, Mitsu, the third uh, kanji character, because I, I think it's a beautiful image, this intimate, right? It has a roof on the top. It's kind of like this, like a, a top, okay, on this character. On the very bottom, there is a mountain, okay? And this mountain um, uh, is a mountain, but it's a hidden mountain. Hidden mountain. So you come inside the room under the roof and you practice like a hidden mountain. The image of quietness, right? quietly in your own space, like a fool, like an idiot, <laughs> continuously. The fool and idiot. You know, I, I looked at the letter of fool and idiot too in, in Japanese, and the fool um, had a, a big 
animal, a monkey with a big head and a big tail. Yeah, that was cool. Um, and then idiot was a fish in character. The fish, um, and it basically came from the meaning of not being able, like a sluggish or dull to speak. So I was thinking about this fish with a big mouth. Um, not to be discriminative towards the fish, but there are, um, it's kind of, it's, it's really fun to study these characters. May our intention equally penetrate to... Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the Brooklyn Zen Center. Our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive. For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.